This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. These days, it feels like everyone you read about is described as a disruptor and an innovator, and they don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to do it my way. But today's guest is actually all of those things. He is an absolute legend in the comic book industry and the toy industry. And especially fascinating to me, I believe he does not drink coffee. So I'm definitely going to have to ask about that. But please welcome back to the show, Todd McFarlane. Todd, how are you? How are you doing, Dan? Also, I don't drink uh, alcohol and do drugs. And I still have energy to do it all. My wife said if I had any vices, I'd be in jail because it would just send <laughs> me over the top anyways. So the coffee one, that that's that's the that's the real rough one for me. But God bless. That's great. That's great. So people know who you are, but let's just let's just remind them. Actually I, I don't think so. I, I, again I, I never assume that anybody sort of knows anyone that's not in a super high profile. So yeah, I do comic books, worked at Marvel in D.C. I'll just give a sort of a quick overview. 30 years ago, a group of us at Marvel set off and started our own company. We're the third largest company. Everybody knows Marvel in D.C. We've been third for 30 years in a row. In there, I started a toy company to do action figures. And so I sell my product at Walmart and Targets and Amazon and every place else right next to the Hasbro's and the Mattel's of the world. And then from time to time, I do some silly stuff in Hollywood and entertainment. <laughs> well, that is a very uh, low-key version of, of everything that you've accomplished. I mean, starting with the toys. So, I mean, what people know as action figures now, they did not look like that before you started making toys. In fact, I got something for you to look at. This is what action figures look like back then. I'm holding up a Joker doll from the 1970s. And Todd introduced those hyper-realistic works of art that are toys that have now become copied and copied and copied. But when you first came up with this concept, how was it received? Okay, so here's, here's how I got into the toy business. Just so, again, it was an accident. I didn't, I never, there was never a day where I go, you know what, man, I, I need to be in the toy business. We had broken away and started our, our own comic company. And because of that and the success of the book and the character I was doing, people were coming at me wanting to do ancillary product so or merchandising, whatever word you want to use. And one of them, obviously, was toys. But I looked at what was out in the landscape, which was basically the Fortune 500 companies. They all came. All the public companies came. And they made the presentations to me. And I just got the feeling that they were just going to do a traditional toy, market it in a traditional way and make it in a traditional way and put it up on the shelves in, in the traditional stores. I thought they should have not been doing that. I thought they should have tried to break the mold a little bit 
and put it in non-traditional places and market it to non-traditional customers. Obviously, big public companies, they are very hard to steer away from their status quo. Mm. Let me go on record of saying that anybody that can hear my voice, the single greatest enemy I believe you will meet in life is status quo. Mm. It's going to be the wall that will be put in front of you and be built up as tall as it can by as many people because we are resistant to change, which is a phenomenon that I don't quite know because other than death, change is the only constant in humanity since the dawn of man. Change, Mm. Mm. change, change. And every time somebody tries to come along and do a little bit of change, not better, not worse, just change, bam, status quo, the bosses, the companies, the corporations, the employees, everybody just grips it literally as hard as they can. And that's what you come up with. So given that I thought that's what was going to happen if I let people make, in this case, a character I had called Spawn, Spawn character be licensed out to make toys. I just thought it was going to go into a status quo conveyor belt system that works quite well. Let me also say it works quite well. It makes them a billion dollars. So it's not like it doesn't work. It makes them a billion dollars. So, but I just, I thought it wouldn't work because I had a, I thought a non-traditional type character and it would just go in right next to the Teletubbies and the Disney product. It would fail, I think, doing it that way. Yeah. And then they would hand me my my license back, my rights to my character back, but they would be damaged and tainted. And so what am I going to do? How am I going to go get another deal? So I decided, huh, how hard can it be to make toys? Right. And that was it. That was it. Oh, and by the way, when I when I when I decided to ask that question, I looked at toys and I went, wow. Not only I'm, I'm asking how hard it is, why can't they be cooler? Right? Yeah. I'm an artist. I'm an artist first and foremost. And I just literally, the company is built, the toy company is built on, why can't you just make cooler toys? That was it. And now dozens of awards later yeah. and, and all this other stuff, people are like, oh my gosh, Todd, you just, you do, and your company does all this stuff. Let me go on record, boys and girls, are saying something. Everything that I've done was capable of being done by the big companies 50 years or longer prior to it, period. Mm. I've done nothing original. I've done nothing unique. I've done nothing that could have been done before. I just did something that the others weren't doing, period. And when you do that, people have a tendency to sit up and give you way, way more credit than you're deserving, right? So I don't see it being much more then everybody only put four pieces of pepperoni on their takeout pizzas. I decided to put 20. <laughs> oh my God, Todd. Everybody was putting pepperoni. They could have put 20. They cho- chose not to. I put 20. I'm not a genius. I just put 20 pieces of pepperoni <laughs> on your pizza. Tastes a little bit better. No big deal, right? So the question isn't, I've always imagined, isn't always like, Todd, how do you do it? The question in my mind is always, why didn't they do it? Right. God bless them. God bless them. I've now had a career and I'm doing your radio show and you're going to say nice things about me, maybe. But it's I, it's a head scratcher. I got to tell you, Dan, it's a head scratcher. <laughs> well, that's I mean, I guess what I would say is you're under uh, underselling uh, the, what you've accomplished here quite a bit. But having a vision, not just having a great idea. Everyone has great ideas 20 times a day, but yep. having an idea 
and then putting it into motion. And you say, how hard could it be to start a toy company? I mean, what, what year was this? That would have been 94, 1994. Okay. So uh, there wasn't like a thousand apps and you couldn't just Google how to make toys and a million companies would pop (laughs) up. That's right. The internet. Yeah. The internet was just, (laughs) just starting to learn to walk. So I I think it was a little, uh, probably a little harder than maybe it would be to just, uh, start today. Could you like, what did you learn in those, in the, in the first kind of iteration of making the toy? Like, how did you, how did you get started? Um, Dan, I don't, again, you, you keep saying I'm underselling. I don't think I am. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to say the reality of it because there may be somebody listening that, that thinks the hill is steeper than it is. Mm. Here's, here's when the hill is steep. When you listen to the people who are in the lead or in the industry, they want you to believe that it's a steep hill to climb. Right. Why? Because they don't want you to compete with them. Right. right? I run two companies on a day-to-day basis. One is comic books. At its core, it's ink on paper. Ink on paper. Every time you write a love letter to somebody or you sign a, a birthday card, you're putting ink on paper. It's a, it's a little complicated that. I don't want to completely undersell it, but it's that. Come on. It's <laughs> ink on paper. It's not, I'm not, I'm, I didn't build a nuclear plant or put anybody to Jupiter. Right? I put ink on paper. And then for toys, it's plastic in a shape. And here's the shape. Here's the shape it will go in. It will go in the shape of the mold, which is essentially like your bunt cake or your <laughs> jello molds when you were kids. If you had jello molds, I used to have some that looked like the shape of dinosaurs, and you poured the jello in and you put it in the fridge. When you came out, you pulled, they look like dinosaur jello, <laughs> right? Toys are kind of the same thing. Put plastic in a, the shape, right? Get the right mold, and you have a toy. Again, there are details to now get it onto a shelf at Walmart. And I'll be more than happy to talk about that. But the act of making Mm. what it is, is not that hard. The first step is not really that hard. Well, that's great. I mean, that's, that's inspiring. A lot of people I think do get stopped by that. Like, who am I to try to do this thing? So I think that's right. That's incredible advice. So, well, I I would say Dan, and you said it, I agree with you. I think people have great ideas 20 times a day. There's two things that stop them. At that point, I found now as I get old and I talk to people, one, money, right? Boom. Mm. There's the stopper because to implement it, it costs you cash. Okay. If it costs you $1,000 and you only got 200, that's a problem, right? The question is, how do you get the other $800 or not? The second piece, which is, I don't think is overly fixable is personalities, Mm. right? And there's personalities. And so and you can see personalities because if you go up on a 20-foot cliff that has 40 feet deep water and put 100 people there, everybody might not jump, right? I know my mom wouldn't. My wife wouldn't, right? They just have a personality. They look over and they, they assess risk and they just go, nah, I don't feel like doing that. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. So, And then there's those of us like me that not only is going to jump, but I'm going, guys, if you get out of the way, I'm going to back up because I'm going to get a flying start. <laughs> this is going to be spectacular when I jump off, right? right? And, and so those are personalities. And I found as I've gotten older, you can't really teach personality, right? Yeah. It's either there or it's not there, right? And so somebody sort of said it to me, I wasn't even talking about business. I was talking about something else. And they go, Todd, there's only two kinds of dogs. There's those that bite and those that don't. And if you take a dog that doesn't bite, and we've all had hopefully a dog that's like that because they're really nice, 
you can get kids to pull the tail, pull its ears, sit on it. And the worst it will do is maybe grumble. Yeah. But for the most part, it usually gets up and walks to another room. Yeah. It, but here's what it will never do. Bite. It will never, it doesn't have it in it. Its personality isn't wired to be that person. And so being a potential entrepreneur, I think is sort of either in you or it's not. I don't think you can read 10 books and then all of a sudden go, oh my God, I'm going to be an entrepreneur now. Either you have a spark in you yeah, and you want it to turn it into a flame or the flames are already there and you're just trying to figure out like, how do, how do I get the money to do it? Right. So anyway, so what comes naturally to a guy like me and obviously millions of others is that people go, man, why'd you do that? You're so tenacious and you do it. Not, like to me, it's like, no, I'm just being Todd. Like, right. There's no other option. There's no other option than to do it this way. Right. It's not, it's, it seems hard to people maybe on the outside because they go, man, I don't have the personality. I would never do that. That seems like a big leap for a guy like me. It's just, it's just natural and there's no other option. <laughs> That's great. So do you remember maybe as young Todd, maybe did that drive to just kind of do things and take those leaps? Did it ever get you in trouble when you were a kid? Shit. <laughs> and first off, when people go, Todd, why are you like this? I came out of the womb like this. <laughs> there, there is not a day, if I reflect on my life, is, I go, is there a day when I can remember me not being manic? You know, not being like hyper. And and I, and I say manic in a way that like, if you see like Robin Williams in a TV interview, you can't sit, you can't sit still. Yeah. 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 It's it's not, it's not bad manic. It's just, it's just fidgety. Yeah. Um, So the personality there, did it get me in trouble? What are you talking about? You ask my mom or dad how many times they got called to the principal's office on, on my behalf, right? You ask, like, I, what do you t- look, I'll give you, I'll give you one example. I was uh, in high school. It wasn't your grades that got you to be the valedictorian. It was a vote by the school, the student body. Okay. So they did this, they did the student body vote. And I remember the PA, because I was pals with everybody. And the PA came up and it went, We'd like to announce the winner for the valedictorian for this coming graduation. That will be Todd McFarland. It was like, oh, cool, man. Thanks, guys. And the very next announcement was Todd McFarland, please come to the office. <laughs> so and I came to the office and the principal, who I knew on a first name basis, and I had worn out his <laughs> carpet quite well, sat me down and went, Todd. There's no way you're going anywhere near a mic and going to be the valedictorian. So either I pick your successor or you do. No, anyways, that's so sometimes it works for you and sometimes it comes back and it becomes just like negative. Yeah. That, that is amazing. Oh, that's so funny. Can you talk to explain? So you, you make this jump from, from, as you said, from Marvel and DC, which I would yep. think in the comic book artist world, you, you feel like you've arrived. So what, what was that thought process like? And when you're taking these leaps, like you did then, do you, does Todd have moments where you go, shit, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Never, hmm. never. And here's why I played, I'm an athlete too. Right. And I've got two brothers and all this sort of, it just all feeds into each other. Right. So I played college baseball, played at a high level back then. So you think that there was one moment, one at bat where I ever walked up to the plate and went, that guy's better than me. Mm. Never. Ever. Even when I was 0 for 3, 
with three strikeouts and I was coming up for the fourth time, my attitude was, I'm going to get him this time. I know he got me the first three. I'm going to get him this time. I never conceded for a second. So here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to start a business and your first thought is going, what if it fails? You're not an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is almost delusional and they're thinking they're going to succeed, right? Like we jump off cliffs and halfway down, we ask if there's anything soft to land on. (laughs) We don't process in the same order as you. Of course, we're going to do it. So what I wouldn't leave and do something if I didn't think it was going to work. And oh, by the way, you have to define what work is or what success is. It may not be money or the number of units. It may just be that you personally are enjoying your work or are a little more happier. And who cares if you make less money at that point? That's success. That's success. And I've, I've employed those people that come from big public companies. I pay them less and they go, why are you going to pay me less? And so I, because I don't make as much as them, right? As as soon as I make as much as IBM, I'll pay you IBM money. (laughs) Until that day, I can't. But here's what I can do. I can make your bleeding ulcer go away. And I know you got a bleeding ulcer because you're unemployed right now when they downsize. And you've got a kid right now that has some medical issues. Come on, right? Like at some point, your hours will be less. You'll you'll be calm. You don't have to dress in a three-piece suit. You know, dress however you want. What do I care? Yeah. You know, just relax and enjoy your life. And to some extent, the question is, how much is your bleeding ulcer worth? Add that to your salary. Right, so. right. Well, I was I wanted to ask you about that because obviously Spawn and all these amazing things you've created, probably pretty easy to just say, hey, yeah, sure. Big movie company, buy, buy the rights to this. Give me a truckload of money and I'll, I'll go on <laughs> vacation. But you've never operated that way. What is, uh, what is no, your no. goal? What is my goal first and foremost to die a free man, period, mm. just to say, you know what, good, bad, or indifferent, if I succeed or fail, I did it on my own merits. And the only person I have to blame if it doesn't work is the guy I shave with every morning, right? <laughs> and so, and, and unfortunately, I actually kind of like that dude. Yeah. So I just, I, I like whenever there's a bad day, whenever something goes wrong, I don't care what it is, it, I, I don't really get too emotional about it too much. Because I just go back to the origin and go, why am I here today? Who put me in this position? How did I get here? And the answer is always, oh, that was you, Todd. Yeah. It's not my employees. It's not the corporations I'm dealing with. It's not somebody else's decision. I decided years ago to go down certain paths with my career and my, and my creativity. And if it doesn't work or it blows up, it's on me. It's on nobody else. So that's okay. I'm good with all of it. So where's the end game? I don't know. In all honesty, would I ever sell? There was a time when the answer would have been hell no with 100%. I would bring it down to about 99.5% no. (laughs) But the only only half percent that I think of from time to time is our family is pretty, what's the word without overstating it? I think we are concerned about others. And so if I ever sold, it wouldn't be so because I need cash. I got plenty of it. I don't need any more. It would be because I could convert what I've done into cash that I could then, my wife and I and our family could use to help better the lives of hopefully thousands and thousands mm. and thousands of others. And if it meant that I had to give away 
potentially something big creatively to help other people, I just may do that. I, mm. I that, that that may be it. I you know so I yeah. you know that it, when I look at somebody like Bill Gates and and I'm like like a one grain of sand on a beach compared to Bill Gates, but and see that he sort of put in his time and then said I'm going to go cure malaria in Africa like. That's yeah. pretty cool. Like that, that I, like I tip my hat to that man. Um, yeah. That it's like, cause he could have just gone and said, I'm, I'm going to go buy some more yacht. Right. He right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, there's, there's that maybe. Right. But, but that's it. That, that's the only reason I do it was to just, because I had another plan on how can we help people. So when you see the Avengers makes $57 billion, do you like those movies? Do you, do you, don't, I don't go to them. Yeah. Okay. I don't go, I go for two reasons. One, I'm 60. There's nothing in any of those movies that is entertaining to me as a 60 year old man, <laughs> for me personally. Right. Okay, if right. I was 15, super cool. Oh my gosh. 15 year old Todd would have been doing cartwheels. 60 year old Todd is like, I, that's not the diet I eat anymore. It's not, <laughs> you know, I've, I've gone past my cheeseburger and French fries. So, um, I, so, it, and, 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 and also then I do fantasy and comic books yeah. 12 hours a day. And I just need to unplug at the end of the day. <laughs> right, right. right. So I, I can't, I can't do more fantasy. I, so if you were to ask me, what are my top movies? Every one of them are R rated dramas with no special effects. <laughs> I have to, I have to cleanse myself. Why? Cause tomorrow I've got to do alien spaceships on my paper <laughs> and, or make toys of them. And I just need to be, I just need a little bit of catching my breath. And so, nope, I don't go to them. God bless them. Cause it's good for all the things that I do and toys and comics and sort of geek them. So the world has gotten bigger and more populated with it. It's just not my personal cup of tea. All right. So everyone's always looking for something new to stream. What, uh, give us the, off the top of your head, 30 movies or shows that you, that, that get the, the, the Todd stamp of approval. The Todd stamp of approval, Braveheart would go right at the beginning because I, I, if I got one regret, I wish I was born 2000 years ago <laughs> because back then, if you had a stance and you wanted to live your life a certain way and somebody else didn't, you went on the battlefield and you either cut their head off or they cut your head off. <laughs> right. right. And today, unfortunately, that's illegal. <laughs> right. And it's frustrating to a guy like me. And so the best I can do, the equivalent of cutting somebody's heads off or I'm going to sue you, or I'm going to take market shares from you, or I'm not going to hire you. And it's just not nearly as satisfying as just cutting your enemy's head off. So every time I watch that movie, I go, darn it, Todd, you're just a man out of time. Um, so a couple off the top of my head, uh, I think uh, Blood Diamond mm. is a hell of a movie. Babel, I think it's a good movie. The Insider, which is, uh, and mo a lot of these are actually based on real life. Yeah, yeah. A real life stuff. Right. Like, even things, even things like in the Green Zone it is, again, a quasi take on uh, WMDs uh, during that whole Bush sort of thing. Even things like the Big Short, right? I mean, yeah. a little bit of fun and whatever else, but it's st still dealing with a fairly serious subject matter. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, wow. But anyway, just, uh, just, just drama, right? Just yeah. you know, hotel, hotel Rwanda, right? Wow. Just, so, uh, anyway, there's I, I I could give you my list. Yeah, but yeah. They're, they're, they're all there. So. so I know I know you have to unplug, but when you when you were making that 300th issue of Spawn and you were kind of on social media showing yourself inking the pages and all that, 
Yep. Do you still get a thrill out of that when you when you complete a page? Do you look down at it and just like does it still <laughs> energize you, or you're just like, oh god? Uh, a little bit of both. Like I, the reason I had to bounce this interview a half an hour because I'm I literally just gave my final notes on this big project, Batman Spawn. Right, so I've got this. We got this company crossover. I made a deal with DC Comic Books and Spawn and Batman are going to be in the same comic book. Wow. It comes out in a few weeks. Can we go to print? tomorrow wow uh, so we're cutting it short and it'll be the the number one selling comic book in our industry by far coming out last year i also had the number one selling comic book so there's a there's a meditation a comfort zone when i'm doing art because it just harkens back to when i was just sort of younger and doodling uh, yeah. and you weren't worried about careers and paying the bills and and climbing ladders and and getting into stores and being having high profiles and social media, all that other stuff that gets piled on as you become an adult. So I like it, but I, as I'm doing the meditation, I also know this week I had to put in 14, 15 hour days and we're going to bed at three o'clock or four o'clock in the morning. So I just, I just, at some point, your enthusiasm has to, at some point, intersect a little bit with your age. And you have to be a little realistic as to whether you're playing a young man's sport. Right. And you just go, perhaps, Todd, <laughs> you may want to check your enthusiasm <laughs> the next time because this isn't how 60-year-old dudes are spending their time. This is like when you're 28 and 32, it made way, way more sense. You may just want to rethink that next big project. So. It sobered me up. It's going to look good and we got it done and everything that had to be done with all the people involved in the book, everybody pulled their weight. And again, I was up till three o'clock night, just moving balloons around a fraction of an inch because that's how anal I am. But at some point I got to go, maybe you might want to hand the bucket of water to the young kids and they can carry some of it up the hill because uh, I've, I've made the trip a lot of times and maybe it might just be easier to go to the beach. Right. Well, I, I certainly can understand that. And I hope you never listen to that voice in your head. As, yeah. a, as, as Now, and, and, and to go back to the, the issue you said when I was talking about issue 300, the reason we were talking about issue 300 was because not only was it a big anniversary issue for my Spawn character, but the next issue was going to be 301 that literally got me a Guinness Book of World Record Award for the longest running creator-owned, creator-owned mm. keywords. Yeah. The creator-owned comic book in the history of mankind. So now, again, lots of people listening that will never buy a comic book in their life, but if you do the math, you come out with a book a month. So do the math of how long it takes to get the 300 issues, right? You get, 100, get 120 in 10 years, right? 12 a year, 10 years, you got 120. 20 years, you're at 240. It takes 27, 28 wow. years to get the 300 issues. Right. So it's again, it's no easy task. And I don't know that I'd even encourage people to do it. Right. So, I mean, I broke the record. I mean, and there was another guy because I remember when he did 300 and he said, and he said at the beginning he was going to do 300 and quit. And true to his word, he did. Yeah. So I go, wow, I only got to go get to 301. So <laughs> he was a Canadian, he was a Canadian artist. I was born in Canada. I don't know what the rest of the world's doing because you guys are slackers. But, you know, we, we like to do 300 issues. A week or something. 
but the I, I don't I don't know because you because once you know the goal is going to take you 28 years, even if you wanted to make a run at it, right? If you're like young Todd and you go, I'm taking that punk, I'm doing 300 issues, I don't give a shit, I'm going after that dude, right? Because that's competition and it just riles you up. That's a 28 year race. Yeah, that's a marathon. And here's the thing that I keep saying to people: I go, I go you can. You can try and take that record down if you like. But if you're 20 right now, you have to say that you're going to dedicate your life until you're about 50. Right. No deviations. Yeah. No going off the beaten path. You just got it right now at the age of 20 with your whole life in front of you. You've got to say, I'm going to get to 50 and then I'll worry about maybe doing plan B. Right, right. And here's, here's why I think it's a suicide trip. because. By the time you spend your 28 years getting to 300, I, I'm going to have added another 300. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> I don't plan on dying. So by the time you get to, you know, you're going to be 50, and then you're going to go, Todd took it to 600. <laughs> and now what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to do a couple of things. One, you're going to have to go, I hope Todd dies soon. And so Todd dies. So Todd dies. Okay, so you got point number one. And then you've got to go another 30 years, 25, 30 years to 80. So now, <laughs> essentially, unless I'm going to get hit by a bus or I'm going to die of a disease here, there has to be a person that's sitting there at 20 that says, I'm now going to go on that road and I know what I'm going to do from the age of 20 to 80. And I'm not going to deviate <laughs> and I'm going to do it. And here's why, it's, here's why it's a silly, I think it's a silly goal, because if you're trying to get a Guinness Book of World Record, there's easier one. Just make the biggest pizza, right? Yeah. Takes you a day, maybe two days. If it doesn't work, no harm, no foul. Right, right. right. Okay. So you go, ah, I didn't make the biggest pizza. It took me two days. <laughs> let's just say that you're ambitious and you go, I'm going after Todd's 60-year record now, uh, right? What if you do it for 58 years and then you weren't looking, you cross the street and you get hit by a bus? Right. You come short. You put in 58 good years and nobody's even going to know who you are because you came up short, right? So I just think that there's probably going to be way more reasonable goals for people to set up. I'm going to try and make this number so unattainable that people will just look at it. And, and instead of saying, I'm going to try and break it, they're going to go, who is that crazy dude? Yeah, right. <laughs> Who's that idiot? Who's that idiot? In hindsight, you go, who's that idiot did that for 60 years? That, oh, that's, that's amazing. And I, I feel like there's, there's a parable in that, in that maybe, maybe having your sights set on some giant goal in the distance isn't as important as thinking about what's happening right in front of you and that ride to that yeah. goal. Yeah. Or I would say that your enthusiasm and determination and stick to all has a lot of value, but if you keep riding that pony, it, it kind of turns into craziness, right? <laughs> like, like Todd, like it's been six, been six decades, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, enough. Like, we get it, we get it. So, so I don't know. Again, there's a fine, there's a, and and I would I would say that, although I say it with humor, I think there is a fine line between the definition that people give of anybody. Of, I ended up when I was trying to break into comic books, got over 300 rejections. I kept bags of those rejections and I posted them in the past. And people will use words like, wow, look at the tenacity and determination, all those other things. And I guess in hindsight, some of those are applicable. But where's the fine line of saying you also can become delusional and you're not being realistic? Mm. I mean, at what point is it that if, if I say I want to be an opera singer, 
And I go, I'm going to, I'm going to try out. And after a thousand rejections and I've gone to every, like, at what point is it that you just don't have a good opera voice? Right. right. It's like, it's not, we know we, we like the enthusiasm, Yeah. but then there has to be the second component. So I, I coach sports a lot and there's really sort of two things I look for in all my kids. One, what kind of heart do they have? Mm. And then, and I love those kids, yeah. right? I like to go up to the kids and go, Hey, I don't care what they're, I coach from six to 18. And I go up to, I go, Hey, I hear you're the stud. And I love the kid to go, that's me coach. I mean, without hesitation, I love that kid. <laughs> and so I go, okay, half, I got half of it. He's got the heart. I love the confidence. Now we got to get to the skill set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the skill set match the confidence of this young person here. Right. So that's a little bit of it. So I don't know. I mean, again, again, if my own children were doing something and they kept getting rejected for years and hundreds, I mean, at some point I might take them to the corner and just go, you know, maybe we need to modify the path. Just right, 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 right. So, and, you know, even going back to like the word, the, the way that I made the toys by adding detail and adding reality and adding all this stuff that people go, oh my gosh, Todd, all I was doing was looking at photos and replicating photos. There's nothing unique I was doing, but because the other people weren't looking at photos, don't know why. That's the bigger question. Don't know why they weren't looking at photos. Photos have been around a long time. <laughs> reference has been around a long time. They chose not to use reference. And so I use reference. I'm, I, I become the genius. And, and people then give you these words like, oh my gosh, Todd, look at you. And it's, I, I don't, I don't, I mean, the odd time I think I'm doing something, I'm coloring outside the lines. I know there are times when I know I'm coloring outside the lines, usually because I want to give somebody diarrhea uh, <laughs> or something like that. But I, but, and I, but for the most part, I just go, I don't understand why what I'm doing is such a big deal because it's doable today, tomorrow, and it was doable before. And it's odd. It's an odd it's an odd sensation. And so I tell people at times that like, you want to, you want to be smart, hang out with dumb people. This is easy, <laughs> right? I can go into a kindergarten class right now, walk up to any one of them and say, Hey dude, Hey, do that. Four times four. What is it? <laughs> 16, you idiot. Right. They don't know. Cause I'm smarter. I'm, I'm so it's like at some point the people around you make you look smarter. Am I a great mathematician? Cause I hang out with kindergarten kids? No, <laughs> it's just that I'm in the right club. So, so if, I, if I'm hanging out with big, giant, bloated corporations, and I understand that they have a fiduciary responsibility to maximize shareholder value every 90 days, that's what they must do. That is what they are hired to do. And if they did anything less, they're not serving their job properly. But because I know that's the rules of the books, it not only is those corporations' greatest asset, their size, their money, the number of people they have, the massiveness, the marketing, it's also their greatest weakness. Mm. They are so big. They are so complicated. They can't turn the boat fast enough when they see an iceberg. Right, right. So if you're in a smaller boat, and I've constantly been in a smaller boat, I am not the Titanic. I let the corporations be the Titanics. And I just say, hey, one, I don't want to compete directly with any big company because I will get slaughtered quickly. What I ask myself is, what 
is it that the big company is either not doing or will be slow to react to? And I can then go into those cracks mm. and go zip. So to give you, how do I apply that here? Hasbro and Mattel, the two biggest toy companies, do they make action figures? Of course they do. Do they have like way more assets and all the power than I have? Of course they do. Will they make, at the time I broke into making toys, would they make a Freddy Krueger or Terminator toy? No. Okay. Why? Because they sell, they make their billion dollars selling to mothers and their seven-year-old. And that's their billion dollar empire. Right. There's no need for them to do the other one. And so they've left a crack. They don't do all action figures. They do a certain segment of action yeah. figures. What if somebody was to now do action figures, but they were doing it with properties and brands that appeal to a slightly, in some cases, a dramatically older audience? Ding, 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 ding. That would end up being my company. And the reason it was shocking was because, again, nobody was doing it. Yeah. Nobody was doing, they were, there was action figures. They were putting pepperoni on the pizza. It just said, <laughs> I put the 20 and the 20 was, I'm going to do it with R rated characters, uh, not PG 13 or yeah. PG Disney characters. And that was it. I don't know. Is, I, is that worthy of me being a genius? I don't know. Uh, I, I, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to jump right in there and say, yes, oh, Todd, God. it's, uh, Amazing that you don't drink coffee, uh, the amount oh. of energy you're, you're uh, putting out here and just the advice here, no matter what industry you're in, like just listening to you talk, there's so many applications to, to your philosophy to kind of like any field. So, uh, okay, I, let me give, I'll give one before I go to just encourage everybody to some extent, stop thinking that you've got to invent something original. Stop it. It will paralyze you. All you need to do is to do what already exists, slightly cooler, better, more efficient, just to tweak it. Mm. Tweak what already exists and people will come in your direction. If you look, build a better mousetrap. That's sort of the simple one. And the example that I'll give you is one that hopefully most people understand. Just over 10 or so years ago, some guy walked up, had this cool black turtleneck, and he walked up, and he was uh, the head of this company called Apple. Mm -hmm. and, and Big Steve walked up there, and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, he had a big pack crowd. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, my big announcement today is we're going to make cell phones. And everybody in the audience sort of went, what? You're <laughs> late to the game, Steve. Cell phones have been around quite some time. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen, says Steve. I'm going to make it so that you can do calls back and forth. Already done, Steve. And you can text. Already done, Steve. And you can download music. Already done, Steve. And you can go to internet. Already done, Steve. Photos done, Steve. There was nothing he said that hadn't been done. And then the moment, and then the moment, he said, yes, I'm going to do all those things that you can do. And everybody's been doing for 10 years. But here's the difference, ladies and gentlemen. When you say and do a text and you say, hi, mom, on theirs, you have to touch plastic. On mine, you touch glass. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Oh, my God. You type on glass instead of typing on plastic. Boom. That was it. That I, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. I think you could take the fingers and zoom a little easier. That was it. <laughs> that was all he added. You I type on glass. It's still the same fucking letters in the same place. It's still the same QWERTY. 
He just made you touch a different surface and you guys went crazy for it. So I'm saying if you can figure out your glass moment, do it. Because And guess what? They're going to call you just like they did Steve, an innovator, a genius, all of his company. And he made, he revolutionized the whole industry because he did. And again, I'm underselling Apple, so I, I don't want, but I'm saying it's not much more than that. That one spark changed yeah. <laughs> your entire perception about it. Cadillacs, Cadillacs used to be sold to 60 year old people. That was their data. Their average buyer was 61 and a half years old. And somebody said, how do we sell Cadillacs to a younger audience? And whoever came up with that answer, they should be given a lot more money that he just went, hey, I got an idea. Take the same engine, chassis, drive chain, but just take that body off and put this thing called an Escalade on it and put a lot of bling on it and throw it up. And guess what? 25-year-old yeah. dudes are driving around in their Escalade Cadillac that was essentially the same chassis as they'd been making. They just put sexy on it. <laughs> Steve job did sexy on it. And to some extent, that's all I did with my damn toys and comic books. Oh my God, Todd, that's amazing. Put some sexy on it. I love it. That is, uh, th those are words to live by, man. It's, it's always incredible talking to you. And if you're, if you're listening and you haven't picked up any of this man's comic book work, please do, because the energy that you're hearing, you are going to see on every page and every panel. So Todd, Thank you so much for all you've done and continue to do. And we'll look for the 600 issue. Okay. And uh, one last thing, I'll give a plug to Image Comics. We're not a fly-by-night company, right? The people who are my partners are the ones who created characters like Cable, Deadpool. I co-created Venom and The Walking Dead, et cetera, right? So we weren't just a bunch of guys that did nothing. We came and we created books or had created characters of that are now basically household names, right? Yeah. I mean, Robert, my partner, The Walking Dead, what are you talking about, right? He came to our, it was a, a book that was only selling 5,000 copies a month when he first began it. And then look what happened to it. So I'm telling you, if you got an idea, now's the time, ladies and gentlemen. You know why? Because Marvel's not sharing any of theirs. Disney bought Marvel. They're not sharing it. And uh, Warner Brothers owns DC comic books and they're not sharing their characters. So you know who needs ideas in comic book form? Everybody else on the planet. Mm -hmm. Netflix, Apple, Hulu, Paramount, Sony, Lionsgate, Universal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they can't get Marvel and they can't get DC. They just might get your comic book. So if you've got an idea, there's no better time than to put it on paper because they're buying comic books and they can't get literally 98 out of their top 100 sellers, which are Marvel and DC. They got to come to us. Wow. That's, if you're not fired up, then you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong field. Todd, awesome, awesome stuff. Thank you so much. And I hope we'll uh, talk again soon. Cause every time I, I, I'm going to go run, a, I'm going to go run a marathon. Now you got me all amped up. Ah, uh, we're going to get that spawn movie going and we'll see how that goes. Awesome. So. Yeah. Very cool. So we'll be looking for Batman and Spawn. Uh yeah, next next month. Yeah. Super cool. Any other any other things you want to tease? Shoot, dude. I'm always doing something, but we'll worry about it next time. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for your time, Dan. All right. Take care. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play 
or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Big people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks.